Good evening to those in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We thank you for come being with us again here on our Saturday night message where we come to bring you a word from the Lord. We thank you for your those who listen to us and we encourage you to, if you like what you hear, um, tell your friends, tell your family that um, about Grace and Faith Fellowship, how we are declaring the word of the Lord and just speaking the word to you. Tonight, we're going to continue on this subject that's not in the Bible. It's going to challenge y'all. You're thinking about some of these things we have heard. You know, maybe you've heard over your walk with God or you heard from your ministry. Maybe you still, maybe you still say those things now, but want to be laser focused on the things the Bible. It does the Bible really declare these cliche or these sayings that we say. And so therefore we're going to take a close look at them as we get into the word of God tonight. So the thing I want to talk about tonight is some of you, we've all heard this. Maybe you all heard, maybe you never heard it, but I think most of us have heard this. And the saying is, only God can judge me. And you hear that in the world because the world say, well, only God can judge me. Nobody can judge me but God. Okay. Now, on the surface, this is true. It is only God to judge the merit of a human spirit. So, on the surface, that's true. You know, only God can can know what's in your spirit because when you when you become saved okay it is your spirit that gets saved not your soul and your body now god saves your spirit and people can't see your spirit okay and so therefore god saves us so only god knows the human spirit okay we can't we can't look at people's behavior in turn and determine whether they're saved or not i know sometimes we want to do that but you can't always look at people's behavior and determine whether they have uh, been born again or not. But we want to look at scripture for that. Let's go to Revelations chapter 20, verse 11. I'm going to read 11 through 15. And I'm reading from the New King's James Version. It says here, um, Then I saw a great white throne, and on him who sat on it, for whose face, who whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. And, uh, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead would judge according to their works by the things which were written in the book. And then the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So here we see this is the great white throne. Yeah, this is what the, the Bible was, some people have named this. And we see that everybody that's ever been born, okay, 
and we've been born, the earth is going to be judged. And it says, your works going to be judged. And those who are not in the book of life, which means those who have been born again, are going to be cast into the lake of fire. And here's where God is going to judge mankind. And those who did not receive Jesus Christ, it says, should be cast in the lake of fire. So we see here, this is on the surface, that's true. So God is going to judge mankind, their works, their deeds, and whether you accepted this payment, which is Jesus Christ, for your sins. And so, and and so we are warned not to be judgmental in how we regard the sins or stations of others. Okay, so we're warned not to judge, not to be judgmental. So here people say we we're not we're, we're not called to be judgmental, which means that we just you know call out everybody's mistakes and things and say what they're doing wrong. And so let's look at scripture for that. Let's look at Matthew chapter seven, verses one and two, and it says, "Do not judge others, and you will and you will not be judged, for you." Will be treated as you are treated. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you be judged. So here it doesn't say not to judge. It says don't judge others, and you won't be judged. So it was simply saying here, if you're going to judge, expect to be judged. Because it says here, you're going to be treated as you treat others. It says you're going to be judged by the same standard you judge others. So it's saying here. If you're going to judge, be prepared to be judged by the same standard. Okay. So that's why it says, do not judge others and you won't be judged. Okay. So that's particularly saying, it's saying not to judge and you won't be judged by others because it's simply saying that if you're going to do it, then that's therefore you're going to be judged by the same standard. Okay. So it's not, we're not to be judgmental. Okay just you know calling people out and just saying what's wrong with them okay but it says the 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 danger in this saying let's go when we talk about it says judge not do not judge you won't you will not be judged it's a judge not others you won't be judged then the danger in this saying the saying that let me go back the saying that says well only god can judge me Okay, the danger in this saying, however, is found in its dismissiveness, particularly as it relates to the missteps and the misdeeds of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's this is the danger in this saying, where you're saying, well, only God can judge me, because you, you're being dismissive of your 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 behavior. When you have when when you are not doing the things that God told us to do in the word of God. And you it's being dismissive. In other words, you're telling people, you know, don't pay attention to what I'm doing or don't say nothing about my bad behavior or the thing that I'm saying. OK, don't. It's very dismissive and it wants us to look the other. It's telling you to look the other way when it comes to our behavior. So it's saying, well, you know, only God can judge me. So it's. That's the danger. It's, it's, it's found in dismissiveness when it comes to our missteps and misdeeds. Okay? It says, for we are indeed called 
to judge one another. Now, we're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ here. We're called to judge one another. My brother, my sister, we're called to judge. So the, the, the saying only God can judge me is not biblical because we're called to judge one another. Now, let's look at the, the, the judgment in the Bible. What are we talking about? It said judgment in this sense and according to scripture might be better described as admonishment. Okay, what does admonishment mean? It means warning or reprimand a fellow uh, believer in accordance with the scripture. So we're talking, we're talking about admonishing your brother and sister in Christ, which means to warn them to reprimand a, a brother or sister in Christ in accordance to the scripture. So I'm judging you according to the scripture. Okay, if you're doing something or if you're saying something that's not that is not in line with God's word, then as your brother, sister in Christ, I come to you and say something and says, hey, you know what? What you're doing is not right. What you what you're saying, what you say was not wrong. That behavior was not in line with what God wants us to do. Okay. The Paul in, in, in that epistle in the Romans, in in his epistle of Romans, acknowledged that Christians should admonish one another, which means that what the word admonish means. It means warn. Admonish one another, which such correction and instruction is born of good intention and spirit and scripturally based. So he tells them in Romans, admonish one another, warn and reprimand your brothers and sisters in Christ, but it makes sure it's scripturally based and it's born out of good intentions. Make sure when you do this, it's born out of good intent and it's scripturally based. So let's look at Romans. Romans chapter 15. We're going to read verses 14 and verses 15. <laughs> and I'm reading from, from a New Living Translation. And here's what Paul said. Listen to what he said. It says, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are, are full of goodness. You know these things as so well you can teach others all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these things, some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. Now, I like Paul's language here, especially <laughs> he said, I'm fully convinced. <clears throat> you know that just said when you when you admonish him, when you are judging your brothers and sisters or when you're warning them okay then you have good intentions and notice he said he said i'm fully convinced that you're full of goodness know that paul says look i understand what's in you jesus christ is in you the hope of glory okay i understand you have goodness on the inside in other words there's something good on the inside of you because you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ. There's goodness on the inside. And he says, you know what? You can teach others. You know these things. He says, but I'm I'm writing to you these things only as a reminder. So what is Paul saying? He said, I'm only reminding you of what you already know. And so that I love the, what, the way he comes with this and in reprimanding his brother and sister in Christ. He says, hey, you you have goodness in you. I'm reminding you of what you already know. You can teach others of what I'm telling you. Okay, I'm telling you things that you already know. But I want to 
refresh you, I want to remind you of what you're supposed to be doing or the things that you're not doing that you, you know, that doesn't line with. I want to remind you. So this is what we do when we admonish, we remind our brothers and sisters because of who they are in Christ Jesus. Not beat them up, not <laughs> remind them of who they are. Correction. That's what we, we're talking about. We're talking about correction here. And the Bible called us to correct each other. Okay. He likewise urged also the church of Thessalonica to make it clear to fellow believers that if their actions were out of step with the will of God. So if your steps are already Paul's, he, he was talking to the church of, of Thessalonica says, hey, what makes it clear if your actions are out of step with the will of God, then we are called to say something. Okay, we're called to say something. Now let's read Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 14 and verses 15. Let's listen. Let's look, listen to it. It says, take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. He says, stay away from them so that they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you were a brother or sisters. So no, he says, take take note of those who refuse to obey what's in this letter. If you they refuse, if you refuse to obey what's what's been written in the word, he, he tells them, listen, this is, or this is strong. He says, stay away from them so they will be ashamed. Now he makes it very clear here. Don't think of them as enemy. They're not your enemy. They are your brothers and sisters in Christ. No. Think about your own physical family when you have a relationship with your brothers and sisters. Okay, they're not your enemies. They're not supposed to be your enemy. But, but, your sister, but if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, which he says, stay away from them. He says, um, so they'll be ashamed. Now listen to what he says. So listen to the negative, I mean, listen to the emotion. Shame should be for those who are not in line with the word of God. Now we're not talking about dotting every eye and crossing every T. This is not what we're talking about. Because we know that all of us make mistakes, but we're talking about things that brothers and sisters who are may live in lifestyle that's not in line with the word of God and very blatant and it does not it does not line up with scripture. Okay. But he says, warn them as you were a brother or sister. If you care about somebody, think about it. If you care about somebody, you're gonna warn them. If somebody if, if your loved one is about to fall off a cliff and they're backing up, they're about to fall off a cliff, you're just not going to let them fall off the cliff. You know, they're backing up, they're backing up. You're going to warn them say, hey, wait a minute, look, you about you need to turn around. You're about to fall off a cliff. You're about to make a serious mistake here. You're about to hurt yourself. And so you will warn them. Why? Because you love them. Not because you're just trying to make them feel bad. No, you're warning them. You're going to hurt yourself if you don't, you're not careful or if you don't stop there, or if you don't stop moving closer to the cliff, you're going to fall off and hurt yourself. In other words, you're putting yourself in danger. That's what you're telling your, your fellow brothers in Christ that you're putting, you're putting, they're putting themselves in danger. Okay. 
So this is what Thessalonians says. It says, take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so they will be ashamed. Do, don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you were a brother or sister. So is it Paul instruct, instructions here would be highly controversial today. Why is that? Because, because it, it's become so almost sacred belief that we we're not to feel ashamed about anything. Okay, because notice in, in this particular scripture, and Thessalonians, he says, stay away from them so they'll be ashamed. So, but we live in a culture now where you're not supposed to be ashamed about anything. You can do whatever you want, whatever you want, however you want. You're not supposed to be ashamed. So it's no longer. But it says, and and God have mercy on a person who called this shame. This is totally unacceptable in our modern culture. So in our modern culture, you know, you we, you're not supposed to make people feel bad about or feel ashamed about what they're doing. However, there are things in which people should be ashamed of. Okay. Specifically, uh, uh Paul what he was talking about in in, in this context, okay, Paul was talking about uh able-bodied people who, who don't work but are freeloading, they should be ashamed. So this is in, in this particular scripture, he was talking about people who don't work. Okay, they're not working, they should be ashamed for not working. He said it should be embarrassing and humiliating for people who panhandle. So if you're a believer, you're a Christ, you're panhandling, you're not working. He says, hey, this is not, this. you should be ashamed of that. Okay. Because we know God didn't create create man that way. He He called us to work. But this is a, a proper place for negative emotions. A preoccupation with trying to Obliterate every negative feeling has led some people to feel no shame about things that should cause shame. So we don't want to make people, that's why people, this is one we always say, well, only God can judge me. And when people say that, they don't want you to say something to make them feel bad or feel guilty about what they're doing. So you know what? They feel that you're being negative when you're speaking about the, the things that they're doing wrong. And we're mostly talking about here from our fellow believers in Christ. So don't, don't, you don't make me feel bad about it. No, if it's in line with the word of God, God um, says this is wrong, then we have the authority to be given by God to say, you know, brother or sister, that's wrong. And so you're not, you know, we're called to judge them in that aspect, in that way, Okay. You're called to them. So, but there are certain things that we should be, feel shame about when people know if you're a believer. You know, we see things like homosexuality and we see adultery, we see lying, stealing, okay, uh, fornication, having sex outside of marriage, or believers who are living together without being married. You know what? Those things are wrong and we got to speak up about it. Okay, and people should feel shame if they are living those type of lifestyles or doing those type of things, because why? The Bible condemns that. The Bible condemns those things, and so therefore we are called to judge people in line 
with the scripture. Okay. They should be ashamed for those things. Okay. Shame and disgrace are emotions that Paul used to turn people in the right path. So in this aspect, if you're trying to turn people on the right path, get them on the on the way that God tells them to go, then yeah, then those emotions are going to come on that person. Because sometimes we don't want to say anything because we say, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I don't want to make anybody um, say anything. You know, so therefore we don't want to say, you know, um, anything about this brother or sister by them living these things. And so, therefore, we don't want to say anything. So, but God called us, you know, to speak to our brothers and sisters and make sure they're on the right path. But this is notice the specific instruction not to treat these people with animosity. Now, we're not to treat them with animosity. They are still brothers and sisters in the Lord and should always be treated as such. Okay, so not don't do it with animosity, with hate in your heart. Spewing hate. That's not what God called. We, you do it out of love. You speak, the Bible says, speak the truth in love. That's what we're doing. Not out of animosity, not out of hatred. But they ask you to treat them as brothers and sisters in Christ. This makes the whole process corrective instead of imputative. Which means I'm saying something, we say something to them to correct them, not to punish them. Okay. Not to punish them, but to correct them. Okay. To correct them. This is what we want to do. We just want to correct people. This is the key ingredient to church discipline that is often missed and has caused so much hurt and rejection. Okay. This is why people get hurt and they feel rejected by the body because we do it the wrong way. And we do it with hate. We do it with animosity. We, we're not correcting. We're not, and that we don't do it with an act of love. We do it with animosity and hatred. And, you know, make them feel like they're not even a part of the body. No, they're still your brothers and sisters in Christ. But you speak the truth in love. When, when, cor when correctly administered, we're talking about when you correct somebody, uh, church discipline should actually manifest the love of Christ to those receiving it. Okay? It should manifest the love of Christ for those who receive it. The action taken may be severe. Okay? I want you to understand that the action may be, but if done in love for the purpose of correction, the individual who is being corrected should not feel like an enemy. Okay? So they shouldn't feel like an enemy. So when it's done, great, it says if they receive in love. Now, doesn't mean that they're going to lack the action. Some actions we may, may be severe, may have to take a severe action, may cause, may, may call for some severe actions, but they, they shouldn't feel like an enemy when we do it. They should not feel like an enemy. They still should feel like a brother in Christ. And it's for the purpose of correction. This is what it's for when we're doing this. The, the word admonished differs from punishment. 
in that it means a mild rebuke to warn, to urge, or caution. Therefore, Paul was not speaking of humiliation and total devastation. Paul, you know, Bible doesn't call us to humiliate people, you know, to, and I use the word, put them on blast and make them feel in front of people. No, God didn't call us to humiliate people. That's not in total devastation. This is why there are some church hurt. People have been hurt by the body of Christ because they've been humiliated by the body. And so therefore they don't want anything to do with the church. And this is not the opportunity for common Christians to release their anger on their brothers and sisters in the Lord. So we're not calling to release your anger on people. Okay. So why do we do so why do we do this? Why are we correcting people? It'll say because we don't want people to hurt themselves. We we understand that there's danger. Understand as the believer, I want to say this that when we sin, understand sin has consequences. Okay, God still loves you. Okay, and when people sin, why are we called to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ? We want to warn them, hey, guess what? You're putting yourself in danger. You're putting yourself in harm's way. And when we say that, we're not saying, a lot of times when we, a lot of people, when they have correct people, as I said, they say, well, God's going to punish you if you don't change. God's going to get you if you don't change. No, it's not God. God loves you. Under this covenant of grace, now under, when we read the Old Testament, under that covenant, if, if, if you didn't do right, then you got punished. That was, that was the agreement under that covenant, old covenant, the, under the law. If you did good, you got good. If you did bad, you got bad under the covenant of the law of Moses. But under this covenant of grace, it's not like that. Jesus paid the price for us. So he took away the punishment. Okay. But guess what? If a believer sins, there's still consequences. But it's the enemy that's bringing the consequences, not God. Okay. The scripture tells us what? And John 10 and 10, the thief come but to steal, kill, and destroy. But what did he say? He said, but I come that you have, may have life and have it more abundantly. So when, who, who is the one who's doing the punishing? The enemy, the steal. He said he come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy you. And sin will destroy you if you don't take heed, you, if you don't receive the warning from your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's going to destroy you at some point. And we hope and pray it doesn't. But if you maybe if you keep going and keep going, you don't take heed to your brother or sister who was warning you and who said, you know what, you don't need to be doing that. You need to stop that. Then guess what? There's going to be, there'll be, be some consequences for your actions. Okay. There's going to be consequences for that. And so you need to understand that. And so we are called to judge one another in love based on the scriptures that I've been speaking to you tonight to warn them, to admonish with the word, Paul, you were admonished to warn, um, to urge them, to warn them, to correct them, okay, about what they're doing. Okay. And, and, and Jesus himself gave very specific instructions 
on how to admonish and resolve issues with fellow Christians. So let's look at that. Let's look at Matthew's um, chapter 18. Okay, verses 15. And we're going to look at it from the Amplified. I want to do the Amplified version. Matthew's chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. It says here, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. All right, so here's the first step. Go show your brother and sister in private. If he listens and pays attention to you, you have won back your brother. So that's the first step. So if you see a fault in your brother, you go to him or her in private. It says if you win them, you win back. It says, but if they doesn't, if they don't listen, this is 16. If they do not, if he does not listen, take along with you one or two others so that every word may be confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So it says, hey, if you go, if you go in private, you don't listen, this time take somebody else with you, one or two people, as a witness as to what you're doing. Because then you have a witness to say, okay, this is what brother or sister said. And you know what? This is how, what they said, how they said, this is how they did it. So you have witnesses. Okay. But so in 17 says, if he pays no attention to them, Refusing to listen, obey. So here's this, if they don't listen to when you take somebody else with you, it's this, tell it to the church. Now, what does that mean? It don't mean go to the whole body. I don't believe it means that. It means, okay, you may go to your leadership in your ministry and says, you know what? Brother, sister is doing this and that. We talk to them. We had a conversation with them. I took so-and-so. They're still not listening. So I believe it means go to the leaders of your church. You don't tell the whole body because everybody and the body don't need to know everything. But you go to the leadership of your ministry and, you know, and let them know what's going on. It says, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be as a Gentile unbeliever and a tax collector. So Jesus gives the steps as to how to go about correcting your brothers and sisters in Christ. He gives these three steps. And he says, hey, take those three steps. And if they don't listen, he says, treat them as a believer. But most we go back to, he says, don't make them feel like an enemy, you know, but they should be ashamed. He says, but Stay away from them because, so that they may be ashamed, recognize, you know what, I'm wrong. Okay, so this is what he tells us to do. It says, but admittedly, admittedly admonishing a, a fellow brother, a fellow believer can be uncomfortable. See, this is a lot of times we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it because it makes us feel uncomfortable. And it makes them feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we have to do things that are uncomfortable to us. We don't want to do it, but we have to do it. Why? Because if you love somebody, you don't want them to harm themselves. 
if you see the danger in what they're doing, then you have to warn them. And, and sometimes it can be uncomfortable. For some, the prospect of calling another believer out on their misdeed may seem hypocritical, especially if he or she is struggling with the same fault. Because there are those who will, in fact, cite Jesus' example about the speck in our brother's eye versus the log in ours. And we know Matthew 7 says that, well, if you got a specking, you know, you got a log in yours and your brother got a speck in your it said you can't say nothing because you got a log in yours. They got a speck in theirs. And we use that as grounds for avoiding admonishment to another believer altogether. So we said, well, you know what? Hey, I can't say anything because I got faults too. And sometimes that's what we, we we take position. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna say nothing to my brother because you know what? And we use the scripture where we all have sinned and falls over the glory of God. So I can't say nothing to them because I got faults too. Well, let's look at this in the natural. Okay, we have judges in the natural. Okay, we have judges who judge people, whether it's traffic court, whether it's criminal court. Okay, these judges have been appointed okay to carry out the law that's on the books and to see if these people have broken the law okay and so they and now we know that these judges these men and women who are judges in our judicial system we know they're not perfect they're not perfect people but guess what they have been appointed by the state to make decisions on what's right or wrong based on the laws of the book of that particular state. God has called us the same thing as believers. You and me, yes, you, God has called us to say, you know what? Hey, if you see a believer that's out of line, okay, then you should say something. Now, I'm not saying go around um, saying something to everybody. You know, people, you know, you see wrong, just calling everybody's fault. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people, maybe you're in a relationship with them. Maybe they're part of your body. Maybe people in your family who are Christians, who people you know you have a relationship with. And maybe, and, and as, as the Holy Spirit leads you, okay, I'm not talking about tapping everybody on the show and telling pointing out their faults. No, as the Holy Spirit leads you, you pray about stuff, go to them, and as the Holy Spirit leads you and talk to them about what they're doing. Okay, this is what we're going to do. But understand that if it says the, the point Jesus was making here, and we're talking about Matthews um, 7 and 3, the point Jesus was making in this verse, however, was not that we should never admonish another believer. Rather, we he was illustrating how hypocritical it, it is to call someone out on the carpet for his or her sins yet be unwilling to acknowledge your own sins, frailties, and kind. So you cannot be doing the same thing that somebody else is doing and then call them out about their stuff. That's what it's saying. So what it's saying, you be if you want to be able to confront somebody about this stuff, you can't be doing the same thing they're doing. It says such a, such a thing is not admonishment at all. This is not admonishment. This is blame land. Okay, so this is pointing the finger. We're not laying, we're not called to blame lane, be do blame lane on people, just blame people and point the finger at them. Okay, and you're doing the same thing. No, 
you need to be <clears throat> not at least not doing the same thing they're doing and understand that you know what if you want to confront them about what they're doing you need you should be doing the same thing yourself so it says admonishment should always be based in love and truth of the word of God's word. This is what admonishment means. If you're going to urge, you're going to warn somebody, you're going to recommend somebody, it should always, remember, always do this with love. So we are called to judge, but do it in love. And 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says, this is what 2 Timothy, okay, anything short of that, and our admonishment will only fall on, not only fall on deaf ears, it will be at odds with the will and the heart of God. Okay, so let's look at 2 Timothy. Let's look at 2 Timothy. And this is the last scripture that we're going to look at tonight. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses, three, verses 16. Okay, and reading from the Amplified Version, it says here, all scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instructions, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learn to live in conformity with God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. I love that. That's very, very detailed there. Notice it says, it says here, it says all scripture is given by divine inspiration. It's look what it's proper for, it's for instructions, okay? It says what for correction of error and restoration to obedience. So you call to correct and restore. So I love that. Why are we call to correct your 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 job in correct is to restore them to obedience. So restoration is involved here. Okay, and that's important when we're um, judging people or telling people, or admonishing people as the word Paul used, you want to restore them back. You correct them, and restoration should be the goal. Okay? It says for training righteousness. So we, we, you're supposed to be training people. The word of God is to train people. Learn to live in conformity with God's will. So this is what, what it, when we're correcting people, we're telling them, I'm telling you what you're doing is out of God's will. Okay. You both be conformed. What you're doing is to conform to God's will. It says, I love what it says here, come to be conforming to God's will, both publicly and privately. Publicly. So you can be, you can be a, a public success, but a private failure. Okay, what, behind closed doors, you somebody different than what you are in public. No, God's called us to be the same way you are in public should be the same way you are in private. Just because nobody can see you, because that's called integrity. 
Integrity is who you are when nobody's looking. It says both prominence is behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. This is what we've been called to do. This is what, so Second Timothy 3, it's, it tells us what the word of God is for. So as believers, when we use the word of God to correct people, and this is what we use, not your own personal opinion. Okay, scripture, scripturally based. Okay, I'm called to judge you based on scripture. Okay, based on scripture. And so if, if it's in line with the scripture, I love you enough to come to you as my brother, as my sister, and say, you know what? I love you, but what you're doing is wrong. So how should we say this? So what should the saying be? So we say, hey, so to say, well, okay, only God can judge me, that's not biblical. Okay, that's not biblical. We're called to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ according to the word of God. So what? So thus the saying should go. This is what the saying should say. Only God can judge me, but I am accountable to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, only God can judge you. Only God can judge your spirit. Okay, John can judge your spirit. Okay, and we talked about Revelation where God's going to judge the world. Okay, only God can judge you perfectly. Okay, but I am accountable to my brothers and sisters in Christ. See, this is what we're talking about tonight, and I want to put put emphasis on it. It's a talk about accountability. Accountability, and that's a strong word, uh, I believe, and I believe that we don't we don't really talk about that accountability. You are accountable to somebody. I'm accountable to somebody. You accountable. We are accountable as brothers. We're accountable to each other, to hold each other um, to the standard that God has set for us. And understand it. We, 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 you know, I understand me or you. We're not going to die and cross every T. But if if we see each other in a fault, as the Scripture said, go to that brother or sister and let them know, admonish them, warn them, let them know. You're putting yourself in danger. And I don't want you to hurt yourself. God loves you. Hey, and, and like I said, sometimes the, the, the actions may be severe for people, especially if you're in leadership, you got to do something. The actions may be severe for them. Why? But you do that so they will be ashamed and maybe turn around and understand their faults and be restored back to what God is calling them to be. But we are accountable to each other. We're accountable to our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm accountable to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so when we understand accountability, it's not just about God. God loves you. Whether you, you know, God will always love you. But the Bible says, this is what I love. It says we are the light of the world. Okay. We're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. It says you don't light a light and put it on a bushel. Uh-uh. No, you put it out for the whole world to see. That's what you do. And so, therefore, we're called to be light. And so, we challenge each other to be light in a dark world. I don't know about you, but I want to be light in a dark world. And if I, and I want, and I love the scripture with Proverbs, I believe it's from Proverbs 
maybe like the 28th chapter, it says faithful are the wounds of a friend. What is that scripture saying? It said that if you, you my friend, then sometimes you may something, say something to hurt me, but you're faithful in that. You're faithful. I'm faithful to you. I love you. Other words, accountability. I'm accountable to you. You're accountable to me. Let's hold each other accountable to the standard God has set for us. Challenge each other to live a life that glorifies God in this earth. That's what God's called to do. <clears throat> so that's what, what we're talking about tonight. So to, to say only God can judge me, no, that's not me. <clears throat> but it is only it is true in a sense that only God can judge it, but but we are accountable to our brothers and sisters in Christ. So let me pray you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who are listening to this message. I pray that you your spirit will touch them. I thank you for your spirit flowing, God, that will speak to their hearts. And that you will just give them revelation on this word that, God, we are called to love each other and to, if loving them, God is correcting them, God, let them receive what we're saying. Let us teach us how to do this in love. That when we speak to our brothers in the Christ, that we speak to them and we're correcting them and we're admonishing them and they're wanting them out of love because we don't want to see that because God, you love us. You don't want to see us hurt and be harmed by the things that we're doing. You know, the lifestyle that we're living, that does not glorify your name. But I speak to that person right now, God, who, who have been hurt by the church. And I speak healing to that area of, of hurt in their emotions, in their heart, that, that they understand that you love them and call them to be a light in this world, but heal them of their hurt and God and give them the, the desire to go back to ministry and receive correction and receive instructions and fulfill the purpose and calling that you have placed on their life. God, I give you glory and praise for your word, speaking to everyone, to every hearer is here. And I thank you for your word falling on good ground. And we give you glory on it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening on tonight. Once again, share this message with someone that they may hear the word of the Lord. Not just me, but hear the word of the Lord speaking to them and challenge them in this area. And thank you for once again for listening. And we will see you again on next week. Thank you. And bye-bye.